Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, we'll answer a listener question about cat and dog zoomies when they sprint around the house. You'll also learn about how to avoid giving up after a mistake and why vision is surprisingly important for babies in the womb. And stick around at the end of today's episode for a major announcement regarding this podcast. As for right now, let's satisfy some curiosity. We got a listener question from Michelle who writes, Ashley, I know you're a cat haver and I've had or been around cats all my life. One of the things I've seen them do is a crazy top speed run through the house. Is it just to spend excess energy or is there more to it than that? Great question, Michelle. What Michelle is referring to is often called the zoomies, though it seems like a lot of people have their own terms for it. Turbo mode, NASCAR, track practice, the scoots. My cat just sounds like she's possessed when she does it. But the fact of the matter is, it's super common for both dogs and cats to get a random burst of energy that sends them careening at blistering speeds, often without appearing to be in control of their own bodies. The internet may tell you that the technical term for this is FRAP, which stands for Frenetic Random Activity Periods. But I actually haven't found that term in the scientific literature, and my Google Foo tells me that FRAP only appeared online in 2010 on a website for corgi lovers. But whatever it's called, it's mystifying. That may be because there's been so little research on the phenomenon. Nobody's done a systematic study of the zoomies, so we don't know definitively what causes them or what's going on in an animal's body when they happen. Most of what we have is observation and anecdotes. Like, dog owners say their dogs do it for all sorts of reasons. Some do it right after a bath. Some do it on walks when they get to a favorite field. Some do it right after they poop. There are stories of cats doing it after they poop, too, while other feline tales tell of cats zooming right after their owners get home in the evening. Or when their owners are asleep at 2 a.m. Been there. Generally, the accepted explanation is that animals zoom to release energy pent up from a day spent lazing around the house or from a period of discomfort, like going to the vet, getting a bath, or in my recent case, moving day. But as animal behaviorist Mark Beckoff told Inverse, it's not just indoor critters that run around like madmen. Wild coyotes and elk display this same frenetic behavior in what he says is a sign to the rest of the herd that it's safe to play. That might mean the animals do it when they're feeling relaxed and secure. That's great. Just make sure they've released that pent-up energy by playing with them earlier in the day, before 2 a.m. rolls around. Thanks for your question, Michelle. If you have a question, send it in to podcast at curiosity.com. We're deep into the new year, and by now, many of us are all too aware of how hard it is to drop last year's bad habits. And research shows that how successfully you're able to do this has a lot to do with how you think about mistakes along the way. Specifically, I'm talking about whether or not you give in to something psychologists call the abstinence violation effect. So say you're trying to quit smoking cold turkey, but two weeks in, a craving hits, and you smoke a cigarette. Then your slip-up makes you decide you're innately unable to quit smoking. So you give up on your goal and go back to your pack-a-day habit. That's the abstinence violation effect at work. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think you're a failure, you tend to fail. If you think you can learn from your mistakes, though, you're more likely to succeed. Instead of judging yourself and giving up, you could look at your slip-up and think that next time, you'll avoid reaching for a smoke by staying out of high-stress situations or trying new coping mechanisms. The abstinence violation effect is hard to escape, though. Alcoholics Anonymous even encourages this kind of thinking with the saying that a drink equals a drunk. It's also why apps that remind users to work out can actually discourage long-term fitness goals. 
Once someone ignores one reminder, they throw in the towel. To avoid the abstinence violation effect, research has shown that it helps to have realistic expectations. That means accepting occasional mistakes, sure, but also understanding how temptations and cravings work. Cravings only subside in the long term when you don't give in to them. Every time you don't have your usual cigarette with your coffee, you weaken the neural pathways that make you expect coffee to come with cigarettes. And just as breaking a habit doesn't happen overnight, derailing a goal doesn't either. One slip-up won't ruin you. Just accept that you're not perfect and keep on going. But unfortunately, we can't help you with your snap streak. There's no recovering from that one. Do people have streaks on Snapchat? Oh, you don't know about this? Like they make you sign on to Snapchat every day and not ruin your streak? Yes. People have snap streaks with each other that are four or more years long. What's the point? Where they literally snap each other every single day. You're not achieving anything. Dude, we're aged out. Oh my gosh. For people younger than us, this is like a thing. People have had breakdowns, like massive breakdowns from ruining their snap streaks. Duolingo has a streak freeze that will activate if you miss one day, which is really nice. And it makes me feel like I'm still achieving a something. A streak freeze. Yeah, it's like a little thing you can buy with the tokens. And it'll be like, it's like, all right, you get this one mistake. So we'll keep your streak going. Oh, nice. But you can't do it too much. Yeah, I've seen people freak out because unless they're traveling or something and they can't get a good data connection. And then they're unable to do a snap for like one day. Yeah, they like lose their minds. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a lot. New research shows that vision is important for babies in the womb. Seriously. As a fetus develops, its cells are constantly dividing and differentiating into different types of cells with extremely specialized jobs. By the second trimester, a fetus has developed a retina. That's the thin sheet of cells at the back of each eye that detects light. The fetus can't see images, but even at that midway point through its development, it can detect the existence and intensity of light. Scientists have believed for a long time that a fetus uses this new ability to set and calibrate its biological clock. But new research suggests that the fetal retinas are doing much more. According to a paper published last November in the journal Current Biology, signals from those light-detecting cells in the retina are actually sent to locations all over the brain. Some of them end up where researchers had expected, like the brain region that controls our biological rhythms, and another responsible for making our pupils dilate and constrict in response to light. But other signals go to some parts of the brain that we don't ordinarily think of as having much to do with light. One of those places is the perihabenula, a part of the brain involved in regulating mood. Another is the amygdala, which is associated with fear, anxiety, and most importantly, aggression. It's the brain region that lights up when a lab rat smells a cat or when someone with a phobia is confronted with a thing they fear. The team says their work shows that fetal retinas are encoding way more information than we thought. This new finding will open up new areas of research into the role light plays in fetal development. It might also help researchers tackle some long-standing problems in adult brains, such as understanding what causes light-induced migraines, as well as understanding why light therapy can help ease depression. Those are big implications from tiny little cells in a developing fetus. Before we recap what we learned today, we have a major announcement to make, finally. Finally! How long have we been waiting to do this? Oh gosh, it feels like a year. I think it's less than that, but... It's pretty close. Curiosity is now part of the Discovery family of brands. Yeah, Discovery is in like Discovery Channel, HGTV, Travel Channel, Science Channel, TLC, Animal Planet, Food Network, Cooking Channel. 
it's a lot of brands. We're we're working on memorizing all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's new. <laughs> it's new. So what this means for the podcast is basically nothing for right now. For full transparency, the way it's historically worked is Ashley and I collaborate and find cool stories that we think you'll be interested in and cool guests we think you'll be interested in. That has not changed as we've become part of the Discovery family. You've heard some TV hosts talk to us on our show, but those are pitched to us just like any other guest. There are some that we say yes to. There are some that we say no to. No one has told us you have to have this person on. We're still focused on bringing you guests and research and interesting stories that we think you'll find interesting. And that really hasn't changed. We've pretty much been operating business as usual, right? Yeah. Now, two things that will change are the app and the website. We are sunsetting the app. And if you use the Curiosity app, you've probably seen that announcement already. Right. And all of the content on our website, it's not going away. It's just going to live on discovery.com. It's still going to be there. It'll just be in a different place. Yeah. All the nuts and bolts of that transition are still kind of a work in progress. But what you're hearing on our show isn't really going to change in the short term. Exciting new things will happen in the future. Yeah. I mean, how could they not? It's discovery. Yeah. And hey, we're always interested in what our audience has to say. So if you have thoughts about this, go ahead and email us. Podcast at curiosity.com. Always happy to hear from you. So that's a lot. But there's still more, because we have to recap what we learned today, Ashley. We do. I learned that we don't know why cats and dogs zip around the house all the time. They're called zoomies, but there's not a lot of research. But maybe it means your pets are happy. Yeah, I like to think so. And there's a term for the thing where you give up on a goal right after you make one mistake. It's called the abstinence violation effect. And to avoid it, you have to realize that you're not perfect. And everybody makes mistakes. Mistakes are a way you learn. Yes, and scientists discovered that light-sensitive cells in a baby's developing retina is connected to lots of different parts of the brain, not just the stuff you would normally think about when it comes to the eyes. Yeah, and so light could be affecting all sorts of things in both developing humans and adult humans. Super cool. Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer, May Rice, and Grant Curran, with editing and script writing by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was also scripted, produced, and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend, and join us again Monday to discover something new in just a few minutes. Oh, and until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.